Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. underrated stages of life and um, actually Jeff can I have a little bit more I just strain my voice if it's too quiet and the first one I've called small beginnings the second one transition and the third one reinvention and uh, these three stages of life can be times of life where we question a lot of things we're not sure what's going on we, we wonder we, we might even have guessing game going on for a long time, a lot of confusion, but I want to just bring some clarity to these three things because I think the first one, small beginnings, is one that we often forget about, but if most of us think back to a certain time where we've had, we've now had a lot of fruit in our lives, if we look back at the original place of that, the seed of that might have been, you know, in your thinking, it might have just been in planning, it might have been in you beginning a career or beginning a relationship or beginning something that now is really good. When you look back at the very first stages of that, we often forget how good that was. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And this was... Um, Zechariah uh, was called to help rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And so the plumb line, most of you know, is that bit of string that builders use uh, that these days has chalk on it, and they flick it, and it leaves a nice straight line. And uh, But way back then, thousands of years ago, they, they were smart. They knew that a string line was dead straight. Um, I had an experience with this recently in building my fence. I got the string line from the top of a hill right down the bottom um, and began digging my fence posts. And lo and behold, about 10, 15 fence posts in, I'm hitting rock. And so I had to put the fence posts a little outside of the string line. And I'll probably live with that for the next 50 years knowing that stupid rock in the way I couldn't keep to my plumb line. It is important to keep to the plumb line if you can. But small beginnings, it's one of those things that God reminds us here, do not despise these small beginnings. Don't despise when you're first beginning a work, when you're first planning, when you're plotting, when you're thinking even. Some of those times are the most exciting times. Once you've done it, once you've reached the, the destination, it's all done and dusted, isn't it? Now, it might be a better place in some ways, but small beginnings is where God first plants something inside of us. And then he begins to speak. And in Zechariah's case, he helped build, rebuild the temple. So it might be a rebuilding time in your life. But small beginnings, it's um, one of those things that when I'm working with business guys, um, the one frustration I regularly hear is, oh, I'm only turning over a million dollars or only turning over five million. It, it's like a thing in business, how much do you turn over? And most people don't ask how much profit are you making on that turnover. That's the more relevant thing but how much do you turn over and so 
uh, it becomes, you know, quite competitive, but it becomes an aim, a goal, and it's not a bad thing in that sense. But oftentimes, I can remember in business in particular, in the first couple of years when we just turned over, you know, one million and then three million the next year, I remember those two years, we had some of the most um, adventurous situations go on and I mean we were learning everything and we were taking risking it all often when you're in the small beginning stage you risk everything um, and this is what we do in our faith sometimes when it's at small beginnings we risk everything we believe everything and we go for everything not a bad thing uh, and sometimes that plumb line we need to get back to and realize that at the place of small beginnings where we began that's what he still wants to do and so don't forget those places where God first began a work in you, maybe in different realms of life, but maybe in your faith as well, where he first spoke to you. He first began a work in you. Small beginnings is just as important as the big outcomes because that can often be that catalyst of where God caught your attention and he got you, he caught you and said, right, now we're going to do this. But then we begin small. In today's day and age, um, some of you aren't even going to know what I'm talking about now, but this is a modern language. I was doing a little bit of research on TikTok, believe it or not, and um, it's a social media platform. I know some of the, I was talking to some of the young adults, oh, TikTok, TikTok. Anyway, some of the business guys are really getting into TikTok right now because they believe it's going to be a new wave of Instagram. But anyway, aside from that, I was looking at how uh, some of the 16, 17-year-old uh, young females on TikTok are getting like one million plus followers and they're, they're becoming superstars on TikTok. And um, anyway, and I was thinking about in this day and age, there is so much pressure to be an overnight success, for things to move so quickly that we can often feel bad if we're actually doing a decent five-year plan. Because, you know, these days you're meant to break the record of everything that's ever been done in the history of mankind. But this is not reality. This is the very, very small fraction and few who maybe in five times will be five years will be completely forgotten about because maybe the basis wasn't really substantial. Or who knows, maybe they will become super famous. It doesn't really matter. But our comparison, our plumb line is not the world's success. Our plumb line is not compete, compete, compete and get as famous as you possibly can. Make as much money as you possibly can. These things aren't the plumb line. Jesus Christ is the plumb line. His voice, his calling, his hope, his destination, his career path, his relationships for us, his way is the plumb line. And often he will speak small and start small, and then he'll build slowly. I know it's a depressing thought in this day and age, isn't it? Going slow, actually building things over time. But it's one of those things that you can't ignore it is the way of nature. It's the way of the kingdom that sometimes there are movements quickly, but most of the time things build slowly, just like the rebuilding of the temple. Here, Zechariah gets the word and he starts with a plumb line. If God has given you a small beginning voice, then write it down and begin planning for it and begin a journey, begin a five-year. Even think about what is this going to look like in 10 years? Because in 10 years, it can be massively powerful. Tony Robbins says that we as humans way overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in a decade. And it's completely right because we don't think in decades necessarily. We think in months. 
I want to be, you know, super rich in six months and I want my business to boom in a, in a year or two. It rarely happens, but when we plan it and when we're wise and when we steward it really, really well, God builds. Moses began in a small beginning, in a little basket, became a great leader in the kingdom, but it took a lifetime. Jesus, small beginning, in a stable, in a manger, out of the way, hidden, no one knew. It was, you know, really quite a strange set of circumstances where he ended up being born. This is our king. This is our savior. David is another one. Small beginnings. Apparently a smallish man. And yet the, and the armor wouldn't fit and got thrust out into the desert even when he knew he was going to be the anointed king. Sometimes things go opposite when you hear the voice of the Lord. Sometimes things go completely 180 degrees when God says, okay, I've anointed you. I've called you for this. And then everything else happens completely against the calling. And it's testing and it's trials and it's sufferings and it's perseverance and it's biblical. I'm sorry. You won't hear that on TikTok. <laughs> Transition. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Transition. It's something that not many of us enjoy unless you're getting an upgrade or a promotion, which can happen in transition. But sometimes when we're in transition, um, things can, it's be, can be like the wind just blowing, you know, just blowing sort of consistently, and it's like annoying uh, because you know things are changing, you know something's coming, but you're not sure what, and we humans like to know what's coming up. We don't like unknown futures. We like known futures. That's why we love the prophetic so much, because we hope someone will prophesy something that we don't know, and we're scared of what's coming up. So please, prophet, come and tell me what's happening. It's why the world seeks out clairvoyance and mediums to try and find out what's going to happen, because we have a fear of the unknown, because the opposite to unknown is faith. And so we actually have to walk in faith to understand transition well. And when transition's happening in our life, we can actually stand in a position of faith saying, all right, I'm not sure what's coming up on the left or the right, but I'm going to have faith. I'm gonna, I remember the plumb line. I remember the small beginning. And I know we're just going to walk through this transition. Transition is oftentimes a pivot point. I don't see them anymore, but you know those buses that used to have the extendable bits in the middle? Do we still have them? That was just like a weird engineering contraption, wasn't it? Anyway, uh, obviously everyone under about 30 doesn't even, has never seen one of those things before. But anyway, uh, they used to have uh, about three-quarter of the way down a, a pivot point where the bus would um, move. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, like an elbow, same thing, right? Pivot point, that's probably a better example. Transition is like a pivot point. We can go this way or we can go that way. How well we listen to the plumb line in the small beginnings during that transition and the voice of God will greatly determine the destination. A sailor, you've obviously heard it said before that a sailor, even if he's one degree off initially on the map, ends up miles and miles and miles way off in his destination. That's how important it is to be true to yourself and to listen to the voice of God, to look for the plumb lines in life. God is so graceful, he will give you plumb lines. 
He will show you signs and indications. He doesn't just leave you meandering. He gives you people. He gives you his word. He gives you his voice. He gives you different signposts that we can look for and we can go, right, yeah, I think he's on that. I think he's on that. Sometimes we might not quite know, so we just sit on it for a little while. Karen and I just call that, let's put that in our back pocket. So sometimes we're not sure what he's saying. Let's throw that in the back pocket. We're not quite sure on that one. We're not going to jump on it when we're not sure. And so in transition times, it's very important to, even though the wind might be blowing and things might be happening, to try and stay as true as possible to what you know his voice is saying and not what he isn't saying. Because it can be a time where you get very distracted. Things are moving. People are moving. uh, And there's all sorts of things going on. And I I remember when we were um, selling our business and... um, we sort of, you know, it was, it was kind of a pressured sale, if you could call it that. And during that time, I knew everything was going to change. But I didn't want everything to change. How many of you ever been in that situation where you do everything you can humanly possible to not let things change? Okay, I don't want that. You know God's speaking to you. Your gut is just sick with his voice because you're ignoring it and you're just pressing every wall back because you know okay change is coming change is coming and then boom change comes and then what do you have to do then you have to reinvent yourself it's one of those things that it's a funny time of life but i reckon most human beings at least once in their life have to reinvent themselves and what do i mean by that i mean that they have to assess what am i doing Why am I doing this? And let's read from Genesis 32. Genesis 32. And um, I'm going to read from verse 24, halfway through 24. A man came and fought with Jacob until just before daybreak. When the man saw that he could not win, he struck Jacob on the hip and threw it out of joint. They kept on wrestling until the man said, let go of me. It's almost daylight. You can't go until you bless me, Jacob replied. Then the man asked, what is your name? Jacob answered, Jacob, he answered. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. You have wrestled with God and with men and you have won. That's why your name will be Israel. God, he did the same thing to Abraham, not in the same circumstances, but many people we can see in biblical times had a pivot point in their life and then they had to reinvent who they were, whether it's, whether it's their name, whether it's their life, whether it's to a new land, a new people group, a new language, a new situation, a promotion into the kingdom, uh, all these different things. There are circumstances we can look at and how well we handle the transition, I believe, will greatly determine how we then reinvent ourselves. And maybe for some of us, it's like small reinventions ongoing. It's, it's like that ongoing learning, continually learning. And so maybe there's not a life midlife crisis or anything like that or a crazy juice fast or something weird. But sometimes we actually hit stages in our life where we say, okay, has this been working for me? Has this been working for me? And so we look and we look at our lives and we, we look at other people and, and you can see many people, and I know people who have turned away from the Lord in that stage of life where they've just said, this doesn't work for me anymore. I don't believe this anymore. And we pray for those people, and we, we ask the Lord to, to bring them back to himself. They don't, 
sure, if they come to church, it's great, but it's bring them back to his heart, isn't it? And so through that reinvention, I believe the enemy can take us through, especially in transition. In moments of transition, the enemy tries to come as well. The enemy tries to come in and and he tries to pivot us the wrong way, start questioning things. And if we do that, then when we get to the reinvention stage, then oftentimes we actually turn away from the Lord because we've questioned things so much that we just doubt everything. And so what we see here is that oftentimes God will actually bring about reinvention from pain. Sometimes when we have pain in our lives, we just, we wake up and we go, wow, what is going on? Or a life crisis. I was listening to the radio yesterday to a, a Paralympian and he was telling, the, he's a rower for the, in the Paralympics and he was telling the story about how he lost his leg. He had it cut, amputated just under his knee. And, uh, and he was saying how prior to having his accident, uh, it was a work accident, it got crushed and had to get amputated. But prior to that, he'd never been into fitness and sport, never been into it at all. He has this go on. What happens? He has a reinvention. He has a completely new way of looking at life and saying, wow, I've lost my leg. What am I going to do with my life? I can't do the things I did before. So he reinvents himself. Now he's a full-time, very successful Paralympic athlete doing rowing, never been into it for the first 30-odd years of his life. And so sometimes we're hit with these moments where we have to ask ourselves questions. Why am I doing this? What am I doing and where am I going? And when we do that, we maybe begin to think differently. We think maturely. We think long term and we go, wow, okay, maybe there is some reinvention. And rather than turning away from the Lord, actually we say, all right, Lord, I'm going to build some strength into this thing. I'm going to posture my life in five years, in 10 years, and begin building in my life things, quality things that I want to, to leave an inheritance, to build the kingdom in a powerful way in my life. And so sometimes when we look at pain, God's looking at reinvention. When we look at failure, God's looking at a new situation, a new life. And when we look at chaos and we say, okay, surely nothing good can come out of this. Well, we know from reading scripture, hundreds and hundreds of stories where God turns things around. We sung it this morning. He turns things around for your good and for my good. If you're going through pain or you're questioning or transition or you're thinking a life changes dramatic things, get the plumb line of God's voice in your life. Anything else will lead you off track. Maybe just one degree now, but it'll be many, many kilometers down the track. And we don't want to have this. We want to get the plumb line of God. And Zechariah was, Zechariah was a prophet. And it's kind of prophetic that God brings in the prophets first as to set the plumb line of the rebuilding of the temple. Because the voice comes first, then our actions come. And so we've got to be careful that we actually are hearing his voice and not our own ego, not our own situations. A lot of people who reinvent themselves, reinvent themselves based on ego. Because things haven't worked for the first few decades of the life, now I'm going to do it for myself. And it's a very self-God way of living. But it doesn't glorify Him and it doesn't listen to the plumb line. One thing I've learned about humans is you can never, ever get rid of that plumb line out of your head. It doesn't matter what you do or where you go, the quiet, still, small voice of the Father is always calling us. He's always calling us. 
just like the prodigal son story we can see there a son completely turns away from the father in that parable and and goes and does everything but what a welcoming return what a welcoming return if we if we've ever known people who are away from the lord be assured god is working on them he is speaking to them they have a if they've known the lord before they have a plumb line in their life that they can never remove they can never remove it they probably want to remove it but it's still there and it's, it's one of those things that we can pray with faith that the Father is pursuing them as well. Just turn and give you someone a high five again. Everything's too quiet in here this morning. We need a little bit louder activity, so maybe just give them a pat on the back. Well, it's funny, the clock says 11-11, and apparently 11 is the number for transition. I'm not a big one on numbers, but I just happen to notice it staring at me. And one, one thing about these things is that we sometimes get so caught up in these three stages that we get overcome and we make stupid decisions and we, we regret it down the track and we just we, we, we leave everything because we just think, oh, no, nothing's working. Uh, we forget about maybe some good counsel in our lives and some of this stuff. So that's why I'm sharing this today because I think that this may be pertinent for some people. And I know for me, when we sold our business about seven years ago now, um, I remember the day walking out of the factory thinking, okay, this is this. I built this factory. I've done everything. I know every gravel piece in the car park. And... Uh, and I remember walking out of there going, okay, now I don't own it anymore. And I remember at that time, uh, I went and I, I just had to go and do a few things. I went and bought a new laptop. I know it might sound silly, but I just had to go and do a few things because I could feel the transition had happened, whether I like it or not. Sometimes you don't pick when transition happens to you. Uh, but I remember specifically thinking, okay, I'm going to have to... Uh, actively do some things and write some things down. So I got a laptop and I wrote some things down and uh, actually wrote about our business journey that right now I've got an editor editing a, a book on our business journey. But um, I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to have to discipline myself because I had no, no boundaries, no time limits then. It was just like whatever I want to do. And I don't know about you, but I kind of felt retired. And... Um, you know, those of you who have gone through that stage of retirement, I, I know how you feel. It is a weird morning when you wake up and you're retired. There's, the phone's not buzzing away and it's, it's like, what's going on? Has the world stopped? But the world keeps ticking on and then you've got to get back on the horse and begin life and planning. And, and so that's what I did. I got the laptop and wrote some things out and began planning and, and setting some things up that actually seven years later now, I'm glad I did. Because some of those things were, were pivotal in helping us to get to where we are now, both in our church, in our lives, and in other arenas as well. So it's one of those things that when, when things have to, when the train stops, whether you like it or not, it allows new beginnings. And new beginnings are good. Even if there's pain and our hip is out of joint, God will give us direction. He will give us faith in the new beginnings. He'll give us openings in the new beginnings. And so if you're in that stage of your life where it's reinvention or transition or small beginnings, whatever it is, 
know that God is in control. You are not in control. He is in control. Even though we might think, oh, I'm going to direct the ship this way and that way, and that's, that's fair enough, but God always has the last say. He always has the last say. And He's a loving, heavenly Father. And He wants to bring about good outcomes in your life. And if you've had disappointments and distractions, and maybe you got it wrong through transition, or maybe you forgot about small beginnings, I want to encourage you today. God is with you. His plans for you is to prosper you, not to harm you. Even though you've got a sore hip and you're in pain and it's hard and the wind's blowing, God wants to prosper you, not harm you. And so he will bring you through that situation. He'll bring you through transition. He'll raise you up from small beginnings. He'll bring you through every situation, even reinventing. And he'll craft you like potter with clay. He'll craft you maybe into what you've always meant to be. I can look now and I can see that through all the situations that we've been through in the last 10 years and transition and small beginnings and, and reinvention, all of those things have been paramount, paramount to create in us balanced people who have a little bit of wisdom. And we can look back, most of us, we can look back and say, wow, God was with me through the whole thing. I didn't know it. I didn't recognize it. But if you're in small beginnings, revel in it. Enjoy it because it's a great season of life. It's a great season of life where you can go, wow, I get to, I get to grow for the next decade of my life and see some great things happening. Believe it. God wants that to happen as well. You just have to stand in faith. Stand in faith and be consistent and keep going. And God will use all of those things. But never forget the plumb line. Never forget the plumb line of his voice, of his calling, of his power, of his presence, of his hand on your life. Because sometimes life will throw us some very, very confusing situations. Some situations where the enemy will jump on board and try and make you question the plumb line. I want to tell you today, never question the plumb line. He is with you. He's with you today as much as he was in any other encounter. He's going to be with you tomorrow just exactly the same. And he's with us to bring about prosperity in our lives so that the kingdom of God can be increased and advanced through us and around us. And this is God's calling for all of us. It's his blessing for all of us. So I want you to stand today and I want to pray for each one of us. Why don't you grab hands with the person next to you because you're not into high-fiving. We've already ascertained that today. Now squeeze their hand mildly. Just let them know you're alive and the blood's pumping through them and you. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, Lord, we just thank you today that you are here with us. And Lord, we thank you that your plans for us are to prosper us, not to harm us. Even though we feel pain sometimes, we look to you, Jesus. And Lord, I ask that you would get all the glory, no matter which stage of life we're at. We just give you glory in the small beginnings, when your beginning works, and, and we keep our eyes fixed on you. And when you're transitioning things and the wind's blowing, we keep our gaze fixed upon you. And we don't focus on the sufferings and the trials and the confusion, we focus in on you. And Lord, we ask that in, for any situation of reinvention, if you need a fresh wind of your spirit, a fresh voice, that you would accompany us through that. You would speak to us. You would grow us. And Lord, we thank you that you never leave us and that you never stop 
You never stop. You're always with us. You're always showing us good things. And Lord, we just thank you today for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful harvest family that you've given us. And Lord, we pray for blessing this week. We just release blessing upon that person next to us. We ask for your covering of your presence over them and in them. We ask that you would prosper them, do great things in their life this week, Jesus. And Lord, we pray for strength. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come and let your kingdom come and let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen.